right, welcome to the Learning to Lead podcast. I'm Paul Doherty, your host, and today I'm joined with Pastors Aaron and Aaron Hankins. Um, they're an amazing couple leading in ministry. They've been pastoring this church um, for 10 years now, building a great church and remind me of the town. Alexandria, Louisiana. Yeah. Alexandria, Louisiana. <laughs> That's right, the deep south. Um, Tell everyone who you guys are and, and just a little bit of your story in the okay. church before we jump into some of the leadership questions today. All right, so uh, yeah, uh, my name is Aaron, and it's my wife, Aaron Hankins, and uh, we actually met at Bible College in uh, Waxahachie, Texas. All right. Waxahachie. That's right, Southwestern Assemblies of God University. And uh, I was raised in Assemblies of God Church. My, my papa pastored at Assembly of God Church for like 50 years. And my dad as well. They all met there, and so I ended up going there. We met there, wow. and then uh, yeah, it's a long, it's a long journey for all of us. And then, 1999, we got married right before Y2K. You know, so wow, it's very yeah. important to get married before Y2K before, we, before the world falls apart. Yes, you know. So uh, anyway, so we got married and moved back to Alexandria, Louisiana, where my parents were pastoring. A church called Christian Worship Center, and um, and they they ended up pastoring the church for 20 years. But we actually jumped in with a student ministry um, in 1999, and we did that for about eight or nine years. Yeah, that's and, a long uh, amount of time to do student ministry. Right. Because these days you hear a lot of people who kind of do it for two or three years and right. then go plant a church. So right. um, eight or nine years—that's right. solid. The truth, the truth is this: we really loved it so right. much that we would still be doing it. We love to pour into the young people. We love the opportunity to invest in students and their future and what God had for them. And then, honestly, we enjoyed serving my parents and their vision okay. and felt like there was really wasn't a lot of pressure on us. It's like all the pressure's on mom and dad. They can run and do whatever God's called them to do, and we can have a great time leading the young people. And so we really enjoyed it. We would not have started pastoring the right. church if my parents hadn't approached us, actually, and said, look, uh, we feel like it's time for us to start traveling again and for y'all to kind of step up. Wow. And so, yeah, that's how kind of we got into that. <laughs> that was right around 2008, 2009. Right. Yeah. So, well, yeah, they, they spoke to us about two years before it actually happened. And okay. then we were like, no, actually, we don't really want to do this at this time. We'd love for y'all <laughs> to just keep doing it. Uh, but they approached us again maybe a year later and said, yeah, we feel like it's, it's about time again. So, yeah, so 2007 was when we officially, January 2007, jumped wow. into lead pastoring. Yeah. yeah. Come on. And you yeah. guys are doing a great job. I got I to come and be that. with y'all last year. That was Your awesome. Revival. The building looks great. Cool. You have a great environment and vibe. Yeah. For anyone who's listening or watching that lives near Alexandria, yeah, Louisiana, Go and check them out. Oh, yeah. Tell them about your church uh, name, website, where they okay. can find more information about it. ChristianWorshipCenter.com is our is our website, of course. And then um, we're on Instagram and everything, Facebook and everywhere else. And, and we are located at 6101 Masonic Drive in Alexandria. We're about to launch a campus in Pineville, which is just across the river from where we're at. So we're pumped That's about awesome. that. So, yeah, God's been very good to us, yeah. very gracious to us. There's no doubt about it, yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that I wanted to talk to you guys about because, uh, one, I wanted to hear here, like just the transition stepping in 10 years uh, my wife and I are three and a half years in there's a lot of people that listen that are transitional um, leaders that have stepped in after mm -hmm. someone when did it feel like it was finally yours because um, your parents birthed the church right right and then you step in so talk about that journey of when it felt like okay this is no longer right theirs this is now ours so I'd say like if I'm being like 
so honest and truthful right here, which I should be. I'm a preacher, but um, <laughs> right, yeah. um, it should be happening all the time. But the first two years or so, maybe even three years, we honestly felt like we're just trying to keep from Absolutely. messing this thing up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like hold on to mom and dad's vision, right. don't mess it up. Great, they had great vision. I, I tell people all the time, like um, uh, when my my parents first said, "All right, this is it," and then we started running with it. Um, it never really hit me how serious this was until, you know, at the end of the, the year, at the beginning of a new year, we always wrote this letter that had vision to it, in it that, that was for everyone who gave to the church for that year. And so one of the ladies in the church came right. up to me and said, hey, Pastor Aaron, we need the vision letter uh, for the year. And I, I thought, oh, my God, <laughs> I don't know what the vision is for the year. Just keep in the <laughs> Let's just get going. going, you know. So the first couple years. I'm trying years, to figure out my sermon this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, so, but obviously it's it's a, an honor and it's a privilege and it's opportunity and it's a great foundation. And we're obviously, what we're doing now is um, standing on the shoulders of, of them who've gone yeah. before us. My parents, Mark and Trina Hankins, they're the best. Yeah. Um, but it took maybe four or five years to feel like, okay, um, this is really uh, something that we're doing now that's, at birth right. and things are being birthed from our hearts some fresh okay. vision that's good and fresh direction and different things like that and honestly it was pretty pretty simple because there was a um, after about four or five years the Lord just gave me one word to run with for the year yeah. and and that word was reach and I thought okay so we can just really simply let's just run with that for this year what can we do to reach more people I know that's simple but what can we do to reach more people for Jesus this year and so we went very like old school with it obviously there's uh, Facebook and different things you can do on television, advertising. We literally purposed in our heart to reach right. every single door in our city, our city limits, with the gospel of Jesus Christ, going old school door to door, taking gospel of John's. I love that. Praying with people who let us pray pray with them. And so we started that in 2012 or so. 13. Uh, thir yeah, yeah, 13 or so, right in there. And so after a couple of years, we ended up reaching the entire city of Alexandria. It's like wow. 17, 18,000 homes, which is not a lot, but it is yeah. a lot, you know, for yeah. us, it was a lot. Um, and so then it's a lot of man hours and work, right, yeah. staff yeah. serves, yeah. people serving, people running with it. And so, um, the Lord kind of gave us some fresh words each year. The next well, year it was connect and the year after that it was serve. And so that ended up kind of forming what we felt like was uh, the culture and what we felt like our values would be right. and what we had run with, uh, uh, day in and day out. And so when we kind of got some of that rolling, it felt like, okay, this is definitely our coming church. out of our heart. Like this yeah. is our blood, sweat, and tears and our guts and everything we yeah. got. And so, um, yeah, well, so it took a little bit for sure. Listeners should know too. Um, it, probably some of you that listen or are watching today have heard of Mark and Trina Hankins, um, very, you know, well known in the church right. world traveling, speaking, right, writers, best, authors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so similar in my story, uh, following my dad who's written and yeah. done so right. much in the church world, you kind of are like in the shadow <laughs> trying to figure out, right. am I going to, which, which how, who am I going to be? Not right. just Mark Hankins' son, but mm -hmm. Aaron Hankins. Right. And right. Figuring that out. That's, that's awesome that you guys came into that place of each year having a word for right. your church and birthing that culture. Tell maybe a, a funny story of change that happened in your church. We talked about the carpet story. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you feel comfortable yeah. telling that on the podcast? Um, yeah, you want to tell the carpet story? When we had to tear the we carpet ripped out. We all the carpet out. There's yeah, a couple things we ripped out. You guys inherited a certain carpet color that you didn't want to <laughs> well, okay. yeah. forever. Right, so right. There was a, it was burgundy, which was 
apparently a cool thing in the early 90s or so. Uh, late apparently 80s. still I don't cool know. all around the Maybe world. Maybe it's coming back around. I don't know. God bless the burgundy. Um, yeah. But it, it was, and the walls kind of all went with that color scheme and flow and the chairs and all that. And so we were just like, okay. And I remember Aaron Cody saying, I believe there's some things that we can change naturally right. that will parallel some things we're doing supernaturally, right. spiritually. Right. And so we ended up uh, ripping, the, ripping the carpet out. That was a huge change. That was a big change, uh, right. ripping the carpet off the stage. We ordered new chairs. We painted walls. There was a, this is like a, a big deal for some people. We had a, in our, our, one of our foyers was called the fountain foyer because there was a fountain in it and it was a blessing. God bless the fountain. You know, it was, it was a three, awesome. Yeah. A three it was beautiful. Tier fountain. It was, it huge. was awesome. Yeah. And so, but we need, felt like we needed a place where people could connect and feel like, you know, this is a place where we can have conversation and communion and connect with people, <laughs> fellowship. So like, well, let's, let's use whatever the water is being used for now for a fountain. Let's use it to make coffee. Right. <laughs> so I know that's crazy, but so like we literally got like jackhammers and sledgehammers and we busted the fountain yep. out. All right. And Did so that just freak everyone out. <laughs> you know, so it broke some people's hearts. Yeah, I think yeah. it definitely yes. was like, well, uh, they said, well, where'd you put it? Where'd you put, <laughs> where'd you put it? I'm like, it's pretty busted up. You know, it's like, it's gone. Did they have a funeral for it? <laughs> well, we did it in a week, so it kind of happened between oh, Sundays. Man, yeah. Um, so we ended up ripping the carpet out of there. We did all that, but now people love that foyer. Right. People wow. didn't use it a whole lot at that time. Right. Like that. Um, so it was kind of felt like um, it was a healthy thing, you know. You know, it reminds me of something. I was recently with a pastor who said this. He said, "Don't get stuck on yesterday's miracles because yesterday's," um, he said, "yesterday's." miracle yesterday's ah oh, what was the word he had a really cool rhyme for it mm-hmm. um yesterday's conquest is today's foundation mm, that good. we can we can build on this we can change this okay. that we're we're not we're only married to the message of jesus right. christ so important. not to the methods of of church and right. how things are and the carpet colors and right. the wall colors right so that took guts and courage on your part right. did your parents did they were they cheering for it loving it smiling you know um it? yeah well i mean first of all they they travel a lot so they were gone a lot yeah and so there was a lot of changes probably when they would come back home be like hey this is different but we of course talked with them through it all and yeah. and uh to be honest with you my, my parents are, are great people very yeah. cool and very very much pushing the next generation right. to yes. do and be what you what you need to do and be and so um the truth is this, they they love it they love it now they particularly right. and they loved it when they would come back like all right things are changing but it's for the good it's for mm-hmm. the positive it's moving forward and my dad and mom would travel enough to go to enough different places to realize Sometimes things really need to change. They mm, need to move right. forward. And if you get stuck in the they same place... They were exposed place, to see right. the, the problems of not changing. Right. So it caused them to appreciate the changes right. you were making. Right. And right. I think that was, a good, that was so good for us right. to, kind of, to, to have them have our back, per se. If yeah. there was anybody who said, you know, we really don't like this, or we really don't prefer this, or, or whatever it is. I had a guy one time, <laughs> I had a guy one time after I preached what I thought was a fantastic message. Come on. You know, I really thought this is really good. <laughs> this is a really good one, you know, because when you're newly pastoring, you know there are some really not so good ones too, oh, right? Yes. You're like, that was brutal. But yeah. um, anyway, so I thought I preached a really good one. And <laughs> this particular guy always loved my parents, and, and rightfully so. Um, and I was kind of new to, to being his pastor. And after service, he comes up to me, he puts his arm around me and he said, Aaron, that was, that was really good. And I'm like, oh, 
yes, you know, I'm like, that's an affirmation from the, the congregation, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, one day you're going to be a really great pastor. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I thought, I thought and you, you would think I, I would have already let this go by now, right? But this is 10 years later. So um, anyway. It's a good story, though. <laughs> you shouldn't let it go. You should let that story stay. One day you're going to be a really oh great pastor. Goodness. So I thought, at wow. first, I was like, well, man, thank you. Yeah. And then after he took his arm off my shoulder, I thought, oh, that means I'm I'm not a really great pastor yet. Bro, so, trust me. I needed the Learning to Lead yeah. podcast. That's what I needed. Oh, the learning to Lead. I needed to learn to lead some more. So advice for people out there that are uh, in the seasons of transition, stepping in. Um, maybe, there, maybe there's some people that are watching, listening today right. that don't have a predecessor that's cheering them on. Right. Uh, maybe some who are even in a toxic situation where their right. predecessors even trying to demean their changes or their right. their uh, communication style mm-hmm. what advice would you give to someone who's there who knows change needs to happen right. but feels like he doesn't have the support of the previous leader for right. those changes well I would say this okay and I think this is this is important whether your your leader wants change or doesn't I think the word honor is really big right. Um, and I know that doesn't sound like the right answer at first, um, but for me, uh, anything that we were going to do, I wanted to make sure that it was honorable to, to my parents and to the previous uh, staff members and congregation, people who have been a part of the church for, for years, meaning I wanted to make sure my heart was pure. Yeah, I right. wanted to make sure my heart was right in it. I didn't want to just change for the sake of change. Right. Or change just because another church I know is changing and we got to keep up with the times, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really that. I really wanted to do what I felt like God had called us to do. And I wanted to do it uh, in the right way. Yeah. And so I didn't want to, like, all right, we got to change because, you know, the previous leaders really don't have it together, really didn't know what was going on, and I really got it all together. So for me, that was like the first step. And then this, the second part of it was I really got to know that I have like a word from God on it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And by that, I mean I got something in my gut. There's right. something in my heart birthed birth out of prayer. Something I was thinking about when I, when I was driving over here. Um, I was thinking about someone asked Dr. David Young E. Cho. You, you know who that is, right? Yeah. And I'm sure most people do. But and for those who don't know who he right. is, pastors of the largest church in the world right. in Seoul, South Korea. Yeah. Right. So, so, um, he was they, he was asked what the key to his success was, you know, and one of the things that he said, his response was, he said, I pray and I obey. I pray yeah. and I obey. And I thought, how simple is that? So you know? good. There's so many different moving parts and dynamics, I'm sure, to a massive church like that. But the simplicity of hearing from God and knowing what to do next. And so whether that's Simple stuff like changing practical things around the, the church, painting the walls, pulling up carpet, changing service times or whatever it is, yeah. or small group, going with a different set of uh, styles, st- small groups or starting small groups or whatever it is. The thing is having something in your heart that you believe is a, from God right. and then doing it with honor. And then um, if I could say this as well, like... Um, finding at least a core of people who are like we're with you we'll, right. we'll run with you and um what year did you find that when you guys had stepped in did you find that the first year second year third fourth fifth you know i would say that the first year there was definitely some great people there and there still are a core yeah. of those people who are, who are still there of course on staff and in the church and all that 
But um, the, uh, we, we had some pastor friends of us, of ours, who told us, they're like, you know, there's some people who are going to leave, and that's okay. Yeah. Because your dad was really their pastor, and that, that's okay. But there are going to be people that are going to come who are going to get saved uh, because of your ministry and because of what God's called you to yeah. do. And there'll be even staff who are called uh, to you and the vision that, that God has called you to. I have a pastor friend of mine um, by the name of Pastor David Sharon. He pastors a great church in Las Vegas, Nevada. And um, he said it this way. He said, uh, God is sending you a team to fulfill your dream. Yeah. And uh, that was so encouraging to me. So it sure took a little time, you know, it's pieces, you know, it's not like, because we all wanted to just happen overnight. Our, our first year, this is, you're going to love this. Our first year, 2007, we started pastoring. Um, I was trying to come up with that, that like, what is our word? What is our thing? What are we going to do? And so I came up with this, a year of increase, you know, 2007 is the year of heaven, you know, increase of heaven, somebody, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And so it was, it was a terrible year. It was not a year of increase. <laughs> you know, it's like decrease. And yeah. so I'm like, oh gosh, this is tough. In fact, the Lord said this to me. And it's one of the, have you ever got a word from God that you're like, this is not a good, doesn't feel like this is yes. a good word. Yes. The Lord, I was in prayer and the Lord said, I'm moving people away from you. And I thought, oh, yeah. oh yay. You know, like, thanks God. <laughs> can't wait. Can we have another? <laughs> it's a great work for this yeah. year. <laughs> and so, but I realize this, you know, and and I don't think it's all bad for for those people either. Maybe that needs to happen right. for them as well as happen for us. But um, I believe that the the Lord was helping people get repositioned in different places mm. as well as making room for other people yeah. to be where they're called to be uh, with us too. Yeah. So. You kind of got to keep your heart open through all of that, through that transition, so good. through that challenge, and keep your heart pure. You know, man, guarding the heart is so key, right. isn't it? Um, you want to say a word? Well, on Well, yeah. There's one thing about that that was here, so important. So people can see you. Over okay, here, so. y'all. Hey, one thing about it that I thought was so important was that the Lord, when He told Aaron, "I'm moving some people away from you," it seemed a little bit painful, and it you don't always understand that because you're like God, you know. Our mandate is to grow the ministry and grow the church. Why would you move people away? Yeah. But the truth is, he was going to send people that were connected to the vision that he'd given to Aaron and to myself. And some of the people that were there had a call on their life that they needed to get right. uncomfortable enough to where they knew to listen to God and to launch out. And so actually from that time, we had several of our staff move and start other churches that are thriving now and they're doing so well but that probably would not have happened if the transition hadn't happened and so when those people went on it was kind of a hard thing but the more you pray press into God and say I just need a little help with this he spoke so clear to me and he said for everyone that leaves if you handle it well if you bless them in the going if you keep your heart right then I will send you two people that are more qualified to yeah. carry out what I've given you. And we, over those next few years, have seen that and we've seen increase. Wow. And the people that God sent us, you know, we worked together, but he sent us some people that yeah. were so equipped Ooh. and so gifted and so talented. Wow. And so it's like when you look back at it, you see the hand of God in what seemed like such a, a painful time mm. actually ended up to be one of our greatest times of growth. And so we're thankful for that. And sometimes in the lowest times, you got to remember, like, God has his hand on this thing. And if yeah. he gave us the word, he'll bring us through. And you're always better on the other side if you stick with God. And so, so it's good. been real good for so us. So good. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so let's, let's bring this to a close on a couple questions. One, working together, husband and wife. 
How's that going? Okay, why don't you <laughs> go Encourage first. anyone out yeah, there that yeah. works with their spouse, whether it's ministry or right. business or uh, anything out there, talk right. about how you guys get along right? and uh, how you come home and still have <laughs> everything. Right. Well, I think the first thing to understand is this. If God called you together, then it really doesn't do you any good to try to fight one another. Mm -hmm. And so we settled a while ago that we are in this thing together. We're running our race together. God called us together. And so, you know, of course, there's times that we argue, disagree. But I will say the more you um, strive to work together and get along, uh, there seems to be more time in between those major, like, right. I don't agree and whatever. And so there have been times that the Lord has burst up maybe in Aaron's heart. And I said, I just really, I can't see that right now. But if you'll give me a little time to pray, yeah, let God reveal it. And sure enough, it usually happens that way. Right. And I think same with him. And so we just do simple things that keep things healthy for us. We, you know, just a very basic thing. We go on a date probably once a week. Thursday night's our night. We tell the kids, mom and dad are going to go out. Aaron told our kids years ago when they were young, he said, do you like your mommy and daddy together? And they said, yes. And he said, then you have to let us go out together away from you sometimes. (laughs) And they didn't love that. But now our kids are pumped for Thursday night. They're like, you're going on a date and we're staying with so-and-so, you know? So just small things that actually end up being big things later on and always having each other's back, no matter what it is, Uh, stick together. My wife and I, we do Tuesday night as our date night. And we have a four-year-old and a two-year-old that just can't stand to see us leave, have a babysitter. My two-year-old is like like Velcro, just holding on to me. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, you're going to appreciate this one. Right. right. This, this marriage, this relationship, you're going to want mom right. and daddy doing this. Yeah. So I love that you said that because that's so key. Aaron, any thoughts? Um, well, probably one of the, the, the keys that has been good for us is how Aaron's learned to love me and submit to my leadership. <laughs> In our marriage, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, the truth is, the truth is, um, when when you realize you're in this thing together, right. yeah. you're in it for the long haul. It's not a dictatorship. No, no. and it, when you win, we win. When That's I win, so we win. When right. we win, we win. Right. And so, to me, you figure that out. I don't know who it was that said it. I think it was Zig Ziglar. He's like, most married people would do better if they realized they were on the same team. So, to me, you know, the first few years, and especially when you first get into ministry and pastoring and big decisions are being made, and you're kind of like, you know, and you both care about it, there's like push and pull in different ways. And so, um, we really don't make any major decisions in the church without us both being on board, because it's going to take both of us to run with it and to make, I mean, if if either one of us didn't care, that'd be one thing, or like, you know, I'm just going to stay home, or I'm just going to do this, but we both care, and it really matters to us. Uh, what God has called us to do together at the church. And so I think the church is healthier for it. Uh, the men in the church are healthier for it. The women right. in the church are healthier for it. And I think the marriages in the church are healthier uh, for having uh, having pastors who are both running right. running together. So yeah. like she said, it doesn't mean we don't ever butt heads or don't uh, uh, disagree about anything. There's sometimes we just take a breather on things and be like, let's just pick that up again later. You know, Let's not <laughs> right. talk about that or... How about we skip that on date night? Let's don't talk about that on right, date night, you know, because right. it ends up being just, you know, a hot mess or, you know what I mean? That's wisdom right there. That's true. Um, and I think it's good, you know, because I, I know there's a lot of young people who are watching this that are married right. um, and they're, they're in their first year, second year, third, fourth year of marriage and trying to navigate, 
you know, how to con- how to resolve conflict. And I think right. that's good that sometimes you just need to leave it alone for a little yeah. bit. Right. Come back later. Don't make the date night become yeah. the two-hour time that you resolve conflict. Right. Like, right. You know, learning to just let it go for a second, come right. back. Um, the other thing, too, I, I love that you said is you guys make decisions together because you know that those decisions are going to affect each other. Yeah, right. that's true. Um, wh- a person in Louisiana that you and I both know is Larry Stockstill. Yeah. yeah. Legend guy. And, um, his son took their church. But Larry said this, and I love what he said because it goes with what both y'all are saying. I run every big decision by my wife yeah. because she's going to have to deal with my Mm-hmm. mental state coming home right. with those decisions. Right. If I'm hiring a new staff member that's going to work close to me, my assistant, my secretary, right. uh, if I'm going to travel out three months this year, she needs to be a part of that right. decision of traveling because it's going to affect our marriage. So I love that you said including each other on decisions. It's that mutual submission that Paul talks right. about right. in Ephesians 5. Well, hey, as we get ready to close, um, either y'all or one of you, talk just share some last thoughts advice for leaders that are listening today and uh, anything that's on your heart right now that you would want to share with them. Uh, well, the thing I've, I've got really strong in my heart at the beginning of this year, uh, which is just a couple simple passages of Scripture, uh, is James 4 and 4, and then 1 Peter 5, uh, 6 and 7, where it talks about humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. And I think if there's any young leaders particularly listening or watching or whatever, I think that's really important Mm. um, that the same hand that you humble yourself under is the same hand that can pick you up. And and he can put you in a place that only he can put you. And um, he can bring promotion. There's a scripture, I believe it's in Psalm 75 or so, it says, um, exaltation doesn't come from the the east or the west or the south. Really, uh, exaltation and promotion comes from above, from the north. It comes from God. And so I believe as young leaders, it's important that we realize, hey, I'm not trying to put myself somewhere. I'm trying to be obedient to where right. God has put me. Yeah. And if I can do that, I can let promotion come from God. I don't have to try to pro- promote myself right. or be somebody I'm not or try so to like good. make a road. I don't want to, honestly, I don't want to be on, on a podcast I'm not supposed to be on. I'm not trying to find... A place to minister or preach that I'm that God doesn't want me to be. Right. I want to yeah. be faithful with what uh, what God has placed in my hand, in, within my sphere of influence, within my, my sphere of responsibility. Now, and I'll let God take care of the rest. Right. And if I'll be a good, faithful steward and be submitted and humble to what what He's given me to, to do now, I believe God can God can and will take care of the rest. One thing the Lord uh, told me a few years ago as we were pastoring, and you kind of. You know, when you go to different conferences, different places, you see some awesome things going on. You're like, man, it'd be cool to be there and doing that with them. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know we've been to Hillsong Conference and different conferences. You're like, wow, that's amazing. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it is great. Very inspiring. You can learn a lot, of course. Um, but the, the Lord said it to me this way. He said, Aaron, uh, get happy where I'm happy to have you. And so I thought, okay, if God's That's a great word. If God's happy to have me in Alexandria, right. Louisiana, if he's happy to have Pastor Paul in Tulsa, yeah. Oklahoma, then I'm going to be happy in Alexandria, Louisiana. I'm not going to wish I was somewhere else doing something else. I'm going to enjoy the race God has called us to run together, and uh, we're going to make the most of what God has called us to do in our church, in our in our church family, with our with our family. And uh, I believe I can I can do like like Paul did and finish his race with joy. And ultimately, my desire is 
to stand before the Lord. And I know this is like, I don't want to be hyper-spiritualist, it's true. No, it's so good. I want to stand before the Lord and hear him say, well done, thou yeah. good and faithful servant. You served your generation. My, right. my uh, grandfather, my papa, I mentioned him earlier. Um, he pastored a church, like I mentioned, in West Columbia, Texas. Very, very small town. Had had like, what, 2,000 people? 2,500, 2,500 people in the town. One Easter, they had like 3,000 people, you know, drawing from everywhere. Amazing. Um, but but his favorite scripture is found in the book of Acts, I believe, chapter 13, where it talked about David. And it said that David served his generation unto the will of God. That's my heart. If I can just serve my generation unto the will of God, wherever, however that looks, I'll be happy as long as God is happy. That's so good. Yeah. Man, that's a great word. Aaron Cody, you want to say anything? I think that's excellent. Good job, sir. Thanks, babe. <laughs> when he wins, you win. That's right. That was a win. He yep. um, hey, everyone who's listening, young and old, uh, leading in a church, leading in a business, entrepreneurs, whatever season of life you're in, stay-at-home mom, God has a plan for you. And what, mm-hmm. what Pastor Aaron just said is so good, that there's a battle for our happiness, to be happy right where God has us and where God's happy to have us. And I think taking what he just said and really letting that sink down in, in all of our hearts, mine included, that God is happy to have you where he has you right now. And now it's your turn to choose to be happy as well. And uh, I want to say thank you to both of y'all for being on the podcast yeah. today. Uh, you guys are leading the charge. Ashley and I are just so thankful for you guys. And it's encouraging to know as we're in our season of stepping in, leading the church, that there's other people that have that are just years ahead of us that have done this and are doing well yeah, and are succeeding and it gives us hope because yeah, we know there's, be awesome. there's changes that we're making and need to make that are healthy for the organization right. i think what you shared today was awesome we'll have to have you guys back again Come i on. love you guys hey, we're honored to be a part and man love what you're doing here it's awesome hey praise god stay tuned y'all on learning to lead podcast we've got a lot of great guests like Uh, the Hankins today. There's lots of other content on our podcast. If you go over to iTunes, you can subscribe to it. You'll find lots of interviews from guest speakers and topics on leadership. All right, be blessed.